This podcast has been brought to you by GM Moving, part of Greater Sports. We're here to help the people of Greater Manchester get moving and to improve lives through physical activity. Welcome to episode 12 of our GM Moving podcast. I'm Eve Holt, Shooter Director at GM Moving, and today we are exploring the We Are Undefeatable campaign. This is a national campaign to support the 15 million people who live with one or more long-term health conditions in England. The campaign was launched in August 2019 by Sport England and the Richmond Group. It aims to help those with conditions such as diabetes, cancer, arthritis and Parkinson's to build physical activity into their lives. Their campaign inspires, reassures and supports people to be active, sharing the stories and journeys of people living with a variety of health conditions. This is especially important during the current COVID pandemic, which is having a more pronounced effect on the activity levels of those with long-term health conditions. So I'm looking forward to our conversation with Michelle and with Ross. Hi, so welcome Michelle and Ross. Thank you for joining me. So um, coming to you first, Michelle, will you just introduce, introduce yourself and um, your organisation? Hi, yes, I'm Michelle Roberts and I'm the Physical Activity and Health Programme Manager um, for the Richmond Group of Charities. So we're 13 national health and social care charities that are working together to support people with health conditions to live as well as possible and to, to get the health and care support that they, they need. Hi, Ross McGuigan, uh, Senior Physical Activity Officer at uh, Life Leisure. Uh, we're the leading leisure trust uh, and operator within uh, Stockport, Greater Manchester. And we have a specific team, uh, now known as the Active Community Team, who uh, deliver sort of wide-ranging uh, physical activity programmes and initiatives uh, across the borough. So brought you both on today to talk about the We Are Undefeatable campaign and movement. And we know that pre-COVID activity levels of people with long-term health conditions was increasing, um, but people with long-term health conditions are still twice as likely believed to be inactive compared to somebody without. And this campaign is really seeking to help address that, isn't it? So can, um, first of all, you, Michelle, in terms of a national perspective, how is the campaign seeking to bring about change what have you been doing? Yeah, it's um, really um, quite an integral issue for our charities. As I explained, we're, we're, we're here to kind of support people with health conditions um, and physical activity, as you've already highlighted, is, is one of the, the kind of critical issues for people. So we're working with Sport England to uh, deliver a campaign called We're Unfeatable. Uh, and this is really looking to try and support those people who have health conditions who are the least active uh, to become more active. And that's not in a, any particularly prescribed way. It's really about encouraging people to be active in whatever way works for them. So what we want to do is try to change the kind of the way that we talk about physical activity. So we're, we're not talking about you know encouraging people to do 150 minutes of physical activity at a moderate intensity a week we're, we're just trying to make those messages more kind of relatable and achievable for people um, and, and I think part of the, the the realization is that not only do we need to speak to individuals 
um, in that way that's sort of more uh, relatable and um, accessible. But there's also some work to be done in terms of how we talk to some of those key influencers around people with health conditions as well, because we know that people like health um, healthcare professionals, for example, um, also have a really important role to play in the conversations they have with, with patients. So we're really trying to help a kind of a broader audience of people to understand about how important physical activity is for people with health, with health conditions um, and actually how not just what they say to people with health conditions but how they say they talk mm. about activity actually is quite critical so um, it's that's been sort of the fundamental um, basis of the campaign really and just trying to understand that kind of target audience a bit better and really get under the skin I suppose of those people um, because we're not talking about a niche group of people here we're, we're talking about 43% of the adult population that live with at least one health condition so you know the chances are that in not just um, you know personal or professional capacity you're, you're, you're going to either have a condition or know somebody that has a health condition so this is really broadly relevant for, for all of us really. I read that that's about 15 million people in the UK. So um, for anyone, I guess, who's unfamiliar with, with what sort of conditions we're talking about, this includes, isn't it, sort of diabetes, cancer, arthritis, Parkinson's, um, but that's not exclusive lame. It's a much you know, broader range of, of different conditions that people are living with. Um, and as you say, you know, following the campaign, it's fantastic. You know, I think both, as you say, what, you know, changing the conversation feels so keen obviously it's key to what we're doing broadly in GM moving and really thinking about you know how we talk about being active how we talk about building movement into all our normal everyday lives not as a added extra um, that you have to go and do in a particular way in a prescribed way um, and that's so important as you say you know this this campaign to really understand um, you know, in a very person-centred way. So it's been great to see people within Greater Manchester and some of our partners really get involved. So what has this meant for you, Ross, in Stockport? How have you got involved? So we've, one of the key, uh, just just want to say, obviously, with what Michelle said, it was so important, the point she raised, because that consistency and simplicity is, uh, is, is vital in order for, for us to kind of portray that message. So uh, I'm really glad it was kind of put put forward in, in that sense and for us locally one of the key areas to be able to promote we are undefeatable is the structure uh, that we have what part of this structure is through our active community strategy uh, which is endorsed by the Stockport Health and Wellbeing Board and that is something that's kind of really driving those messages not just from the strategic kind of buying but down to all the, the partners who have that sort of program and service uh, delivery uh, across the local communities. It's such a, a kind of a, a quite a widening sort of gap between, you know, that strategic sort of buying to that person with the long-term health condition. So we're really trying to sort of bridge that gap a, a lot more closely. So all of that work that we do in Stockport for people with long-term health conditions is, is part of that wider work. And so we gain kind of the, the maximum benefit through addressing those long-term health conditions rather than in isolation so having that we are undefeatable kind of consistent message is is really positive and ultimately for those and i'll come to an example in a minute but for those people to address that message has just been so important for us our active aging uh, program in stockport that's something in particular where 
we, we were quite fortunately maybe uh, a little bit early before we are undefeatable, but they just go hand in hand. We've got local people who have gone through that experience of having a long-term health condition to then actually using physical activity as a tool to help them through either the social benefits or the physical benefits. There's, there's, we could talk about that probably all day, but to, to actually share that example and that kind of inspiration with people we found to be so important. So we're kind of continuing to do that really over, over this time and, and, and over you know the last six months, for example. So that simplicity of the messaging then and consistency as well, which you point to has been really important. And the way that the campaign absolutely draws on, doesn't it, people's stories of their journeys that they've made, which is so powerful, as you say, in really bridging that gap that often exists between sort of the strategic leaders and then people living in, in places and making that connection. And is there anything in particular that you would add to that, Ross, in terms of how you've then really engaged partners across health? Go back to, you know, Michelle's point at the beginning, really, about how we're really trying to do that as part of this campaign. Have you got any particular tips for anybody else that's maybe listening in from other districts or who are involved, keen to get other people involved? I think, yeah, that's um, something that, I can imagine will be sort of affected by the the sort of obviously the different sort of demographics of, of audiences in, in local communities. But ultimately, I think, like I mentioned, with the sort of strategic buying and, and those organisations we need to work with, I think if they have the key person that's involved there who has that understanding of physical activity, it's quite infectious then, you know, that the, the rest of the colleagues or um, the work that they do really starts to sort of gather a bit of momentum we found that even particularly as mentioned through active aging you know we, we worked with aguk stockport and and our relationship there was was really strong but when we brought along kind of this the the campaign and then ultimately when we are undefeatable came along we were really kind of given that freedom and flexibility because our kind of networks of, of channels of of people in the community was really sort of wide ranging so you know it might not be best positioned that that life leisure at times would be able to promote that message however for the engagement that AGK Stockport has we could then kind of expand on that and you know we'd we'd sort of provide service for them and they may have kind of volunteers or peer mentors that would really build up that relationship with the individual you know maybe going through the program and we'd have quite a wide ranging offer that would supply hopefully that need for people and and ultimately when they come into kind of the physical activity it needs to be fun it needs to be enjoyable Hmm. and it needs to be social and it probably gets mentioned quite a lot but the first step for that is is really important a lot of that starts to kind of come into fruition you know after they start experiencing it and feel a bit more comfortable so that first step for people is sometimes more complicated than than we think really so Hmm. we try and guide them in in kind of the the right way and support them but not just through life leisure but through some of the the key partners that have been involved in kind of uh, those programs can i can i just reflect on what ross just mentioned because i think that that's a really important point that you raised about that first kind of experience people have and i think that you, you know we can't underestimate the kind of almost sort of layered effect of barriers that people with health conditions are kind of up against when they're trying to be active because not only have you got some of the usual things that people cite around money or time or motivation 
but then you're also then adding on top of that potentially condition specific barriers like for example people living with pain and that's that's not to be underestimated and I think that you know you've got all of those sort of things to overcome when you're thinking about being active and it's so important that when you do then you know make that choice and you do try to kind of go and join in a a group or a session or you go to a gym or or just you know start doing some activity at home I think you know you need to kind of have that positive feedback loop don't you to kind of help you to continue doing it and I think you're right that as much as possible finding those motivations that you know are going to help you to enjoy being active longer term are just going to help sustain it so I think that that's that is a really important point Mm -hmm. and it also kind of ties into what to what you were saying Eve about you know how we can reflect people in our kind of campaigns and our imagery and I think you know having those real life stories and I think you know having those local voices I suppose of campaigns that really help to bring it to life absolutely yeah so there's layered multiple barriers and the importance of, of having fun keeping it simple being sociable but really understanding that complexity So have there been any particular highlights for you where you've seen this work particularly well, um, any particular stories that that stand out for you, but also just the learning? Sometimes it's the greatest learning, I guess, comes from where things are, are difficult and maybe it doesn't work quite as you anticipated it working out. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as you point out, you know, learning, it's, it never sort of ends. It's never like, oh, we've, we've done some insight and now we're, we're done. <laughs> it's always an ongoing process. Um, and that has been really, really fruitful for us um, undertaking the, the level of research we have that's kind of helped to, to bring the campaign to bear, I suppose, and to, to get, it, get it going. And that we continue, we continue to make sure that that is underpinning all of the work we do. So I think certainly that level of, of insight is a, is a real highlight. But I, I guess the other reflection I would have is just, you know, the way that so many organisations and people have got behind the campaign, it really, for me, that's that's something that's quite special. So the number of charities obviously sort of supporting it along with Sport England and agencies, but then at a local level as well, we've just seen such an amazing groundswell, I suppose, of, of people really kind of getting behind this. And and that to me is a, is a real positive because I think that that is the only way working in collaboration that we're really going to tackle this this issue. And I think just to go back to, to the point about, you know, Um, having kind of real people at the heart of this kind of work I think those to me are the the best examples of where you know we've uh, seen sort of activation of the campaign at a local level where people have found sort of local case studies to shout about and you know they have really engaged um, like Ross was talking about with um, the kind of the broader system to kind of try to make sure that as much as possible all of these kind of things are aligned so that you're not just looking at people in isolation it is very much like a personalized tailored approach and there's there's so many fantastic examples across the country that we've we've seen um, of where where that's happened and I think one one thing that I I, I guess is quite interesting that I I did want to just sort of highlight was when we first launched the campaign last year one of the things that um, came out as a a result of the TV ad that we ran for for six weeks was that we had an interesting response from from people around the the people that were featured in the ad and somebody on Twitter I remember this 
sort of stuck with me. They said that if they can watch somebody on television inject themselves with insulin, then they can go to a restaurant or they can go to their friend's house and they can do it as well. And they'd always been absolutely terrified. And to me, that's that's something where the campaign is helping to take this beyond a physical activity message. And it's actually about the visibility of people living with health conditions or disabled people and it's people being seen and heard and I think that's a really important point and never more so than than right now I think. Mm. It's really powerful and um, it's the first thing that I think drew me to the campaign was the real sense of people's real stories um, and making those visible and the huge authenticity that that comes across um, in those stories and as you say it just feels so hugely important isn't it, at the minute and when we say you know you can't be what you can't see and how often have those realities of people's lives been been invisible, been hidden, and the impact that has. So it's massively inspiring, as you say, not just coming at it from perspective of physical activity, but in terms of seeing people in all the diversity thriving and how we enable that to happen um, and how collectively we can do that by working together. I know that you've got a, a supporters hub, isn't there? So I'm just thinking if anybody, any partners, any, any interested people are listening in, now and want to get involved do you want to just direct them where do they need to go to register as a supporter and access the fantastic resources you've got and get in touch yeah yeah we've got a supporters hub and we've got hundreds of organizations that have signed up to that which is incredible and we really really appreciate people um, getting behind the campaign as i said if people do want to go and take a look at that it's basically a section on our website so if you go to weareundefeatable.co.uk you'll see that there's a supporters hub section that you can register and you will have access to lots and lots of amazing assets to help sort of engage people via social media and sort of background details brand guidelines all all that sort of stuff some key messaging and you can also sign up for updates from the we're undefeatable campaign team as well to kind of keep you posted when we've got webinars or more insights for example we've released an insight pack quite recently so yes i would encourage people to go there if they want more details or if they want um, if they've got any questions then they can email the team at we are undefeatable at aguk.org.uk definitely encourage people to get to get involved and, and get in touch and access those resources and anyone in greater manchester who's listening you can also go to the greater sport website um, and there's links from there through to the resources um, and obviously we can also put in touch with others in greater manchester that are, are more involved so listening to all of that ross is there any anything you want to add in terms of highlights for you so far I think just adding to, again, some of the points Michelle uh, mentioned, you know, the, the strength of the campaign for me is that it can be completely, you know, tailored, but the premise of it and the consistent messaging is completely there throughout, no matter how, how much it's changed. You know, the different uh, examples, the different learning that we're going to get and still experience, you know, especially sort of during this time is, you know, is, is going to be really interesting, but also really inspiring at times we are at the moment actually planning a campaign specifically for stockport working with the local authority with nhs public health leading housing provider to pull together kind of this sort of recovery work and planning and actually the kind of the the, the campaign and especially with we are undefeatable you know that as being a national campaign it just it just mirrors that focus of physical activity and and the sort of benefits we're kind of expanding out to across sort of all ages and all audiences but particularly with this campaign it's just going to be even more important and and sort of prevalent now so we need to continue to kind of increase engagement and with kind of communities and it's not just to be able to 
kind of you know put leaflets up for people to maybe see at local places or anything like that it's actually having that and starting off that conversation with people because ultimately for them to kind of make a decision on how they take things forward no matter if it's taking part in a physical activity session or if it's their own message and their own story that's what needs to be driven forward and it's something we in particular in the last year or so we've really started to to kind of understand and if they can create that social movement there's no better person to do that than to the people who live in in kind of the heart of those communities so it's it's really added kind of more more sort of resource for us to take out you know to to really sort of deliver that positive message so we're we're sort of continuing to work on that and hopefully you know we can really help people understand physical activity even more and value it even higher you talk about the roles of people um, in their communities and of course we've absolutely seen that haven't we in the recent months as individuals within their communities have provided a very kind of rapid response in supporting each other through Covid lockdown so you know the campaign obviously was started in 2019 and way before Covid but we know that now there's uh, an even potentially more acute need for this campaign and, and to enable and inspire people within within their various places to keep moving so you'll know more in terms of the data I think I read that was it you know the terms of people living with long-term health conditions that was it sort of four out of ten people I think in some recent statistics from Sport England said they'd done less physical activity during COVID lockdown than they had done before so whilst you know for some people they say that this has been a period where they've become more active and actually it's encouraged them to sort of them um, in using the government's language take their sort of daily dose of exercise because of those multiple kind of layers of, of barriers that Michelle referred to before it's been made a lot harder hasn't it for some people and that includes people with, with health conditions and that may be you know the fear and anxieties around COVID could continue to be quite a long-term barrier I imagine for some people but it does feel all the more important now that we're really recognising those different nuances and that this campaign is able to reach people in places and support them to continue to start moving in so what have you have you had to adapt the campaign or how have you had to adapt the campaign in your work in order to meet the challenges of Covid over the last four months? It's making sure that we, because as you mentioned, it's the uh, the people who have you know said that they may have actually done more exercise. I think obviously from you know the government's point of view, what one of the, the main messages that they got out early on, and and one of the restrictions lifted really was that you could exercise sort of once a day. It was quite interesting how that was sort of portrayed because it's assuming maybe people would always be comfortable with doing that. And, and feel like they, they could sort of leave the house and go into the park. But sometimes it's, it's important to show that it isn't just to kind of have that sort of physical benefit for, for an individual. You know, a lot of people do it for the social and, and kind of emotional benefits as, as much as it is of a physical benefit to that individual. So we've kind of, uh, as life legends, tapped a little bit more into sort of the digital side of things um, and, and made kind of offers there that will hopefully be that motivator to, to allow people to to sort of join in and enjoy that through the likes of you know Zoom and Facebook and, and kind of live sessions but having a resource you know on the likes of YouTube and things like that but our kind of concerns were mainly always around all the instructors and kind of the people 
the, the sort of the front line side of things are just so key to it all and you realize how much more important they are because their relationship building and rapport they build up is the motivator for many people so we've thought quite long and hard about that sort of messaging and the thing with we are undefeatable alongside our kind of localized campaign is that again we we have that flexibility to sort of change it so that we can adapt to this time that no one ever thought would sort of happen so hopefully we can it's given us some freedom to kind of adjust you know as soon as more restrictions are kind of uh, lifted it's still giving us you know through the campaign it's still giving us that sort of tailored we can tailor it so that we can keep that consistent message going of people sort of staying active anything you'd like to add michelle recognizing how um covid has absolutely you know exacerbated really these existing inequalities and um, there are some i guess there are some opportunities there in terms of the digital offer i know for some people it's felt that it's brought some of the world closer to them and physical activity to them but we absolutely can't shy away from the fact it's made it a lot harder for lots of people and definitely had that disproportionate effect hasn't it on people with long-term health conditions what have you seen over the last few months and what's changed yeah i think what's what was interesting for us was that actually from our launch of the campaign last year we were already sort of seeing in our research and sort of evaluation of that campaign launch that we needed to do more around enabling people to be active at home anyway so when kind of COVID-19 unfortunately sort of started to gather pace and the lockdown was on the horizon actually we were already sort of starting to try and accelerate that work I think what was different about what we did in response to COVID-19 was that we hadn't necessarily planned to deliver a, a physical activity leaflet or to create our YouTube playlists. Those, so those were two very tangible responses to the crisis. And I think that as much as we were continuing to deliver on our kind of insight around the campaign, we weren't planning to do a very prolonged period of qualitative research, which is what we instigated when the lockdown kind of happened, because uh, we felt it was very important that we understood how the campaign was relevant relevant at this time and what the kind of the new challenges might be for people and how we could best tailor the campaign to support people because this is just it was just obviously so unprecedented we just didn't know quite how people would be feeling. I think to go back to your point one of the issues I think we've seen is that there is a real risk of um, digital exclusion um, at the moment and um, sort of the kind of isolation that we already know exists being exacerbated so that was one of the reasons why we really wanted to create a leaflet with 15 ways that people could be active at home that were quite low level and sort of you know the, the usual kind of tone of voice of the campaign very encouraging supportive and then also focusing in on those kind of real life case studies that we've got of people how they've adapted their um, activity to respond to COVID-19 so we're you were really pleased to be able to do that I think to your point Eve you know activity levels clearly have fluctuated a lot over the last few months and you're right I think one in four people with health conditions have, have been doing less activity during lockdown down and a quarter just not doing even 30 minutes a week and I think that there's been a huge amount of, of fear and anxiety as Ross mentioned around you know how people can be active and uh, I think a lot of people felt quite overwhelmed because in a way there was an awful lot of content online you know lots of YouTube videos and streaming sessions and all sorts of things and obviously you know like Joe Wicks was doing his PE lessons quite early on and actually I think that has been quite overwhelming for our target audience because it's not all of it is necessarily tailored to to people with health conditions and sort of the considerations you might need to think about and so I think that one of the things that we were quite keen to do is develop the YouTube playlists which were basically kind of trusted 
requested content from sort of charity providers and others that we knew were very specifically aimed at people with health conditions and it basically just to take some of the legwork out of finding the right kind of activities and just providing some reassurance I think that's something that's come up time and again in our insight is that people want some tangible examples of how they can be active and they want reassurance that it's okay because there's a lot of fear and anxiety out there. Can I just add to to Michelle's point as well like it's really it's absolutely agree the kind of overwhelming amount of videos websites you know all across uh, I mean through through different services different ideas local things that we'll, we'll never you know we might never hear about I completely agree that you kind of sort of have in the back of your mind that you, you do worry about the amount of advice and the kind of links that you, you may give out and we've been lucky within Life Leisure that our, our Paris team and our active community team have been able to continue some of what we would regard as kind of key work of programs and the referral services is still there to kind of keep and maintain that engagement with people who suffer from long-term health condition so and we hope that and we're confident that once we begin to sort of come out of this that the programs will be you know ready ready to go and we offer alongside a lot of key partners a really sort of valuable service for people and it's all well and good me telling people who work in the physical activity industry about that but the most important an area of that is that messaging and it brings us back to, to we are undefeatable and another sort of localized campaigns that we're sort of driving forward so we're quite probably lucky here in the sense that we've got a, a very good sort of structure and something we hope can sort of continue to portray that positive messaging as well as can kind of controlling that messaging at times so it doesn't feel as overwhelming that intentional and kind of structured process of filtering and tailoring to build sort of far more created, trusted and um, create far more trusted content provide that reassurance has just felt so, so incredibly important. And as we, I guess, talk about now building back better with intent, what does that look like for you in the future? What are your ambitions going forward as we try and design physical activity into this kind of new norm for everybody? I think we, as mentioned before, we have the active community strategy and alongside kind of our work and the partners work and, and that kind of forum of organizations that aren't necessarily all physical activity focused it's sustaining that physical activity movement we have to continue that beyond this sort of time and, and obviously that that was always a goal for kind of organizations around the table but we we definitely need to sort of sustain that and how has it changed for people in sort of short medium long term and how can we play actually a huge role in sort of this recovery period because we obviously are confident enough to say that we feel like it, it does hugely but it's maybe not on kind of high and high end sort of agendas nationally so we really want to make sure we strengthen that message and it's not as, as michelle touched on it's not just to for organizations to put out kind of that type of digital offer or anything kind of hands-on that is high intensity and becomes very sort of unmanageable it's going to be quite different for people across the board and especially with people with long-term health conditions who might kind of have a little bit of fear around engaging with some form of physical activity but we're there to to help support them through that and we're there to help them make that manageable and set small goals no matter what exercise they could do so we're going to do all we can to make sure we we make it very personable and, and kind of join them on that journey forward to valuing physical activity and making it become you know a habit for people across Stockport in particular. I'd 100% echo 
that, Ross. I think that you're absolutely right. The sort of the sustaining the physical activity movement is something that's just so, so important. And it is doing that beyond kind of traditional physical activity partners. And I think in sort of Manchester, you guys have been a a fantastic example of that, how you're working across a a kind of a whole system to bring lots of different partners together to talk about this as as a holistic approach. And I think it just goes back to to what you were saying at the beginning, Eve, about normalising physical activity and how we try to make sure that inclusivity and accessibility are at the heart, a heart of that. I think that in terms of how we look to build back better, we can't underplay the importance of that. And I think we're all very aware of the fact that health inequalities have become just even more exacerbated, I suppose, in the current climate. I think we already knew that that was quite a significant issue and so we, we really must ensure that we're making our physical activity as yeah accessible to to people as possible and you know one of the things that I, I kind of mentioned a moment ago was you know this kind of plethora of content online and in lots of respects that's really fantastic that we're creating lots of choice and giving people lots of opportunities and enabling them to be active at home but what, I guess one of the worries that I have is that as we sort of like return to normal there is this sort of a tendency to kind of unfortunately creep back to the status quo we had before and I think we really do need to challenge ourselves to build back better and think about for example do we need to stop those online classes that we've been running or can they be an offer that's there for people alongside sort of face-to-face classes and can we just use this as an opportunity to think more laterally about you know what people really do want and how we can best provide that choice that Ross was talking about because I think that that is what it comes down to you know people want to be able to find the right activity for them that's going to be sustainable for them and actually maybe this period of time has opened up a lot of people's eyes about what is achievable for them so I think that we do have a a moment in time that we we need to capitalize on this and you know I think that this sort of awareness of the importance of physical activity actually that has become even more apparent through the the COVID-19 pandemic so I think that we need to kind of make sure that we kind of galvanize ourselves together to to really uh, make the most of this opportunity completely agree so how we design it design it into the day-to-day for everybody and providing these choices and grab I guess this moment in time really when um, things have been a bit shaken up you know and very tragically for lots of people to think about what this new norm looks like and as you were talking I had I had an image actually of my granddad in my head and thinking about his last probably 10 years really I remember watching what felt like at the time a sort of closing down a bit of day-to-day life so he stopped going to play pool because because it just felt a little bit too difficult and then sort of took away some of the he loved gardening but that started to feel a bit too difficult as well and things that absolutely were enabled him to go about day to day and build movement into his day to day started to shut down on some aspects of life and things that really really mattered to him um so the priority there wasn't around keeping active but by closing down those opportunities to be sociable to take notice to enjoy the birds enjoy the flowers and at the same time his own levels of movement day to day gradually kind of slowed down and I remember having such a quite a challenge at the time in you know the various people that were supporting him and working with him and really going no no we need to be you know these things need to be sustained these are the day-to-day small things that absolutely make life rich 
rubbish and matter to people and how hard it can be to hold on to those things when we're particularly when we're in times of austerity and when people have felt that these things are seen as a luxury they're not seen as part of you know something that everybody should be able to access day to day so um you know those very real opportunities that we have don't we it's just part of normal every day to, to get about to move and um, far more you know than just being active that's kind of embedded in them so are there any other tips to know that your the leaflet that you've got the 15 ways provide some of those very sort of simple ways in which we can move more and have a sense of achievements is there anything else in particular that you would suggest to anybody or organizations that are supporting people with long-term health issues to enable them to to move more and to first part of it is just recognize what matters to them in their day-to-day yeah I, I think that you've you totally hit the nail on the head there with that example of your your granddad because one of the things that comes through all the time in the insight with our kind of target audience is that feeling of loss and it, it isn't necessarily as you say about the physical activity per se it's about that wider stuff that is all of that stuff together enriches your life and I think that when you're thinking about trying to help people to keep active helping them to find out what that motivation is for them and that's going to be a very personal thing I think that's really important and it might be that it's still being able to go and play pool with your friends or play with your grandchildren or go for a walk once a week with with friends I think it's a lot of it is is kind of bound up in sort of social connections a lot of the time but I think getting people to reflect on that is a really helpful way of trying to get people to understand how they can build physical activity into their their day-to-day life and I think that for a long time people have thought physical activity equals wearing lycra or going to a gym you know they've, they've probably got a lot of images in their head and I think there's one thing that we want to do with this campaign and that supporters can do to help us is consistently try to support people to find ways to be active that work for them so dispel this myth that it has to look a particular way you know it could be that you're putting the kettle on for a cup of tea and you're going to have a little dance around the kitchen or while you're watching your favorite tv show you're going to stand up and sit down or you're going to walk up and down the the stairs a few times you know there's lots of little ways that you can try and build activity into your kind of day-to-day routine and I think what's really important and from my perspective is you know you, you kind of start slowly and, and you build up to those things work at your own pace and do you know what if if you're not having a good day don't beat yourself up about it you know I think there's sometimes a lot of pressure that you know you've got to, to do it every day you've got to push yourself and yes okay sometimes we do need to give ourselves a little a little bit of a nudge but sometimes we also just need to recognize that today we might need to adapt what we're doing because we're not feeling right and I think that's okay and people need to hear that reassuring message to be able to kind of feel confident to keep going despite the ups and downs there's an element of play that I had in my mind when you described that and how um, I've just been thinking about, you know, the last few months, one of the things that feels like it's easily fallen out of our lives really has been any any element of play. And as you say, those little moments where you just, you know, have a little dance or a little song or you just find those little moments of joy that there isn't a sense of a need of purpose. But we all need that, don't we, as human beings? And I think sometimes yeah. we, we associate that word with children, but actually it's about all of us for the whole of our lifetime and how we kind of particularly now I think a lot of us are longing for a little bit of play again in our lives and it brings that bit of joy so on that note last question is a bit more of a personal question really but how how do you like to move and has that changed for you in any way during Covid lockdown it's definitely changed for me 
knowing that obviously particularly sort of team sports had to take a step away from it you know was in in one hand obviously quite sort of sad about it but at the same time you know respectful of what what we needed to do so for me i was able to probably do what a lot of people typically have been doing you know and, and kind of doing some home workouts staying motivated with that but actually speaking to people about doing that as well and it was just a point I was going to raise. I mean, Michelle articulated it perfectly. And it's the, the point around kind of that social element that hopefully people have found those opportunities to do that as well. You know, if it's been in Zoom, if it's just been talking over the phone or anything like that. Or as restrictions have been lifted, you know, going out into the park and playing a bit of tennis, a little bit of golf. So it's been nice to be able to sort of do that as well. But, you know, if you surround yourself with people who do physical activity, it really personally helps me. And I hope that people understand that that can help them too you know if they're not maybe currently engaged in, in physical activity and sport or anything like that to be surrounded by people who do that is, is really important but you've got to for me I, I try and sort of understand that broad spectrum of maybe where people are completely sort of disengaged from physical activity to those who are you know maybe doing it at a higher level and, and probably do it daily for you know a couple of hours or so but you know if you feel like you don't have the answer for those who may uh, not do it on a you know daily basis just think about who their influences are and think about sometimes it's actually staring people right in the face you know if, if they have a dog it might be that they do a little bit more with brisk walk with the dog or anything like that so you know I've always been thinking about that because it's a crossover with my work but this has certainly allowed me probably to have a little bit more time on certain days to do some of that activity at home so that's certainly been keeping me going and like I mentioned you know the restrictions being lifted have allowed me to kind of get back to some of the sports I enjoy doing. Yeah it's it's been quite interesting over the last few months because I, I live with a long-term condition myself actually and so what I've found over the last few years is that I've, I've kind of already had to adapt some of the ways in which I'm active now and so in some respects this hasn't been too different for me because I already do quite a bit of um, activity at home and walking is really really good and beneficial for me so I think that the daily walks that I've been doing over the last few months I think they've kind of been my lifeline in a lot of respects because I've been lucky enough to be able to leave the house unlike some people and just to be outside and appreciate what's going on around me enjoy this kind of nature and things like that I think that's been you know really really important I think one of the things that you know was a bit of a you know a blow was that I usually love to go swimming and that's obviously been off the cards and I, I mean I'm looking forward to um, hearing when facilities are going to be reopening again but I think you know it's just been one of those things you know you're kind of adapting to the things that you know that you you enjoy and you kind of try to build those into your day-to-day -day. and I don't mind kind confessing that sometimes when I'm on video conferences and I'm off screen I'm doing some of those movements that are in our <laughs> um, I'm trying to like everybody else just you know not just sit solidly for hours and hours so I do try to practice what I preach and I, I, I definitely have noticed that I'm grumpier when I haven't been out and, and been on my walk so yeah I do think that it is really important. So Thank you both so much. It's been absolutely brilliant listening to you both. It's a great campaign and I really do hope that we can sustain and build and amplify all the great stories and great examples and great resources that you're providing. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not share it or tell a friend about it? And if you've got feedback or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch with our team at Greater Sport using the links that you'll find on our podcast page.